Welcome, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Jesus Christ our Lord. This is Brother Jimmy Fortunato, and you're listening to a sermon from the Pilgrim Baptist Church in Tennessee. For more information about our church, please visit us on the web at pilgrimbaptist.church. All right, we are glad you're here this morning. We have a topical message entitled The Truth of Halloween. Now, we don't do this every Sunday. We pick a book of the Bible and we go through it. Uh, the Bible says in Psalm 14, 1, you don't have to turn there now, but the Bible says, The fool hath said in his heart, there is no God. They are corrupt. They have done abominable works. There is none that doeth good. Now that's God talking to a lost person, and he's saying that's the fool. But you know what's interesting? When you get to the book of Galatians, chapter 3, verse 1, God says, O foolish Galatians, who hath bewitched you? that you should not obey the truth before whose eyes Jesus Christ hath been evidently set forth, crucified among you. Then he has an instance in the Bible in the New Testament where he calls believers at Galatia foolish. I thought that to be pretty curious. That's what God said to the Christians at Galatia. Look, we're not under the curse of the law. No law-keeping will merit us favor with God. So as we go through the truth of Halloween sermon this morning, you have to know one thing. Whether you celebrate Halloween or not celebrate Halloween, that has absolutely no bearing on your salvation. You don't take your kids out trick-or-treating and all of a sudden now you're on your way to hell. You don't not celebrate Halloween and all of a sudden you're on your way to heaven. You cannot work your way to God, no matter what you do or don't do. So this message is not, you have to agree with Brother Jimmy 100% or you ain't right. It's not. It's, we're going to take a Sunday, go through what the Bible says, and hopefully God's Word will speak to your heart and leave me out of it. My job is not to tell you as a father, you as a mother, you as a, an adult, how to live your life. My job is to do the best I can help you live by the Bible and you help me live by the Bible and we can all grow in grace. You can only become a child of God by faith in Christ Jesus. We are all redeemed from the curse of the law and law keeping never could save and never will save. Only be saved by God's grace. So this is not a salvation message this is a message to Christians to try to live for Christ. Now the Bible says 1 Corinthians 10.31, Whatsoever ye do, do all to the glory of God. What does all mean? I don't have to Greek tweak anything. Everybody knows what all means. <laughs> right? Right? That's everything. All that we do. Halloween has always been a pagan holiday. Here's some facts. It was observed on October 31st, way before America was founded, way before the virgin birth of Jesus Christ. Halloween isn't some American thing like apple pie or baseball games. It's purely, historically, and undeniably a pagan holiday. It is. Historically, October 31st, is when the Celtic calendar year ended. That's when it ends. Making October 31st the eve of Samhain, which was a three-day festival of the dead. It was a pagan ritual. Always has been. It was celebrated by Druids. Druids are pagan cult members. These are the people that created and celebrate this Holiday. Now, during the festival, here's what happened. Let's get Deuteronomy chapter 18. Deuteronomy chapter 18, please. Now, as you get Deuteronomy chapter 18, here's what happens. This three-day festival. Dead people are summoned to rise. They're summoned to wander around and revisit their homes. Divination and soothsaying is then practiced. Ghosts were called and summoned upon to roam about. Witches, fairies, and goblins 
go around harassing people. You say, you're making this up. No, I'm not. This isn't you go to Walmart and buy a little funny mask and have your kids go. No, this is what they did. <laughs> this is true history. Pagan druids, they go around because they have a special diet and they now demand food from people. Trick or treat. That's how it started. That's how it started. Big fire festivals were used to frighten certain spirits. Look at Deuteronomy chapter 18, verse number 10. Deuteronomy 18, verse number 10. There shall not be found among you anyone that maketh his son or his daughter to pass through the fire, or that useth divination, or an observer of times, or an enchanter, or a witch, or a charmer, or a consulter with familiar spirits, or a wizard, or a necromancer. You say, well, Brother Jimmy, that's the Old Testament. That was given to the nation of Israel, wasn't it? Well, it was. It was. That was given to God's people, the nation of Israel, to follow. And when they followed God's law, they would receive physical blessings on earth. But let's read the next verse. For all. All means all. All that do these things are an abomination unto the Lord. And because of these abominations, the Lord thy God doth drive them out before thee. These things are an abomination to God. You know what we see when we look around? Halloween during this time. Throughout the year, you know what we see? Harry Potter, witched, bewitched. All of this type of witchcraft stuff is all rooted in paganism. Divination, look at, look at in the Bible where it says, verse number 10, the Bible says divination. That's trying to discover secret things or to foretell the future through special rites. That's divination. Christian ought not be involved in that. Um, look what else it says an observer of times. Leviticus, Levitical law said, neither shall ye use enchantment nor observe times. People look at the stars. Oh, this is the times. That... God don't want a Christian to be involved in that. An enchanter. An enchanter is someone who commands through sorcery or through magic. Now, whether you go to Dismal Land or don't go to Dismal Land, it don't matter a hill of beans to me. But flying into Orlando Airport and flying out, which I've done many a times, why does Mickey Mouse have a witch hat on and a little sorcery stick? Because they're trying to teach the little kitties to get involved with that junk at a young age. That's the deal. That's the deal. And then it says, uh, or a witch. A witch is a woman who practices enchantment. They're very closely and very firm, firmly united with the devil. That's a witch. Exodus 22 says, Thou shalt not suffer a witch to live. Old Testament, kill the witch. That is how dangerous a witch is. God was very, very serious. Now, you cannot go down to the local... Uh, Wherever the shop is down on one, I forget what road it's on, doing the tarot cards and all that Ouija board junk. <laughs> Don't go down there and throw some Old Testament verse on them and take them out back. That's not our call today. All right, That's not our call. Uh, then it says a charmer. A charmer has the power of enchantment. Uh, they bewitch people. That's what a charmer does. By attracting affections, they attract the emotions of others. And they do this through charms. It's Deuteronomy 18.10. Verse number 11, we see a wizard. A wizard is a male witch. A male enchanter. A male charmer. Levitical law called for a wizard to be put to death. That's how serious God was about witches and wizards. So can anybody piece together for me why... Harry Potter books sell by the thousands and millions to Christian parents? 
How does that happen? Let me guess. We're reading the Bible and we're just so overwhelmed with the love of God that we just go out to the bookstore and we just spend money on all that. That can't possibly be what happens. No Christian can honestly look at me in the eye and say, you know what, Brother Jimmy? I'm just, I've read the Bible and God, God just wants me to read this and be okay with it and there's no problem. I would submit to you that it's the pull of the world, the pull of Hollywood, the pull of, the pull of all that whole world system that says, I want to get you distracted from the things of God. Now watch, we're going to see what happens in a little bit. Before we do one more thing, a necromancer. That's someone who summons the dead and speaks with the dead. We see God's warning in the Old Testament, Deuteronomy 18. We saw some of the historical things on how Halloween is rooted. Get 2 Corinthians chapter 6. Now as you're turning there, here's the first big Halloween promotion. Big time right here, man. This is this is eight thirty seven. Big promotion of Halloween. They didn't even sell costumes. But Pope Gregory, a Roman Catholic church, he officially starts All Hallows Even, which turned into Halloween. The next day, November first, he calls All Saints Day. What did the Roman Catholic Church do? Well, we need members. Convert or get your head chopped off. <laughs> Ooh. If we convert and become Catholic, can we keep our little pagan traditions? Oh yeah, sure, you bet. Pope Gregory married pagan festivals and pagan traditions into the Roman Catholic Church, which never was, never has been, and never will be a Christian church. But that is what happened. That's what happened. The Catholic Church hoped the pagan stuff would go away, but it never does. What happens? It just gets worse and worse and worse. And I'm telling you, a Bible preacher, you, there's going to be... Two reasons why our church will probably remain small. Number one, we're not bringing in rock and roll music and calling it Christian. Number two, we're not going to bring in pagan holidays and call them Christian. Halloween being one of them. God says, well, we saw what he said. We'll look at a few more principles. Now, during the Middle Ages, which that lasted the 5th through the 15th century was the Middle Ages, all of this grew in leaps and bounds. And we saw a rise or a revival in witchcraft and a revival in more people worshiping the devil, worshiping Satan. And their big worship service was October 31st. And during this time, up to the 15th century, it grew and grew and grew. Now there was a, a statistic I read about five years ago that said amongst young people, Witchcraft was the fastest growing religion amongst young people. Now, I don't know if that's still true or not with all these throat cutters running around calling themselves the religion of peace, but that was certainly a big, big thing. October 31st, their big service, you know what happened? All the big name witches traveled to attend. You know what they brought? The broomsticks. You know what they brought? Their black cats. <laughs> this happens. Big time revival, revival, and it was undeniably, absolutely, without any question, pagan. Completely unchristian. What, what did the Christian church decide to do? We can get a lot of people. I know. Christ rose from the dead. Ooh, let's hide eggs. I know. Jesus Christ died on the cross for our sins. Ooh, let's have a harvest festival. We'll get all the kitties in. We'll get all the families in. Does anybody else see the disconnect here? 
some serious things to think about. You can't take pagan, worldly, rock music, put the word Christian in front of it, change a few words to say you or he or who's you and who's he, and act like it's Christian. And the same way you can't take a pagan holiday, slap Christian in front of it, and somehow make it all right with God. We're called to be a separate people. We're called to not be part of this world system anymore, folks. All right, 2 Corinthians. Chapter 6. Second Corinthians chapter 6, verse number 14. The Bible says, but, I'm sorry, be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers for fellowship. Hath righteousness with unrighteousness? And what communion hath light with darkness? And what concord hath Christ with Belial? Or what part hath he that believeth with an infidel? And what agreement hath the temple of God with idols? For ye are the temple of the living God. As God hath said, I will dwell in them and walk in them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Wherefore, come out from among them, and be separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. You know, everybody's... I'm guilty. I'm, I'm guilty of this. I am. Most people have in their mind, I, I got saved. Praise God. And then you get to a point, someone tells you some Bible truth, and you know what comes out of my head and my mind? Oh, that's legalistic. Why is it that everything that we don't line up with with God's Word, and we don't want to line up with with God's Word, we say, well, that's legalistic. Well, why is he making me do that? Why is he telling me I shouldn't? I'm not here to tell anybody what they should or shouldn't do between you and God. And what I do or don't do is between me and God, ultimately. But we have to come up with something better than a cry from the balcony saying, that's legalistic. Legalistic is someone telling you, you have to do this in order to get saved and be right with God. Being separate and living a holy life sanctified unto the God unto God and desiring holiness having a desire to want to grow in grace and live for him is completely and unmistakably Christian we should all strive to do that holiness is a good thing being separate is a good thing living a righteous life is a good thing folks it's good for us October 31st, Samhain, All Hallows' Even. It's a purely pagan holiday. Involves witchcraft, divination, worship of the devil. Masks and costumes were used to conceal the true identity of children. I won't go into all the stuff they did to children. You research that on your own. But it's just wicked stuff. Wicked stuff done all in the name of Lucifer. It's wicked. Now children are asked to dress up, put a mask on, go out and mimic acts of trickery or, or harassment, just like pagan fairies, pagan witches, and pagan goblins. And I'm left to say, Really? That's the best we got for God. My kids are happy. They're a cowboy one week. (laughs) They're a sheep farmer another week. They dress up every day. Freedom to be creative. Freedom to use their imagination. Freedom. 
Why is it that when we see something that the world does and we know it's truly pagan, we say, you know, we just got to do that. We don't want anybody to think we're freaks. Oh, really? Walking around with blood coming out of your face doesn't make you look like a freak. Apparently not. It's strange business. Pagan druids went around demanding food. The little kitties go around trick-or-treating as they request for candy. There's a connection. A witch dressed in black and on broomsticks. What else is in the picture? She's going across a moon. Where is she flying to? Her special Sabbath service, which was their way to worship Satan. It's a satanic holiday that the Roman Catholic Church married to it to get more members. And the Christian church will preach against the Roman Catholic Church until the Harvest Festival comes out. Oh, we're not really doing Halloween. Why do you have to do something? We give out gospel tracts. There's an event. Why don't Christians get so excited about those things? Why do we get so excited about these festivals? Why? Why can't we get so excited to know that Christ Jesus died for our sins? The world is going to a hell in a handbasket. And the biggest day of our lives in the fall is October 31st. My appeal to Christians is to get back to the Bible, live the Bible, live a holy life, live a righteous life. Not to be forced to do anything. If you bring your family here and you go out trick-or-treating Wednesday and I see you downtown at Dogwood Park, I'm going to say, great to see you. Here's a piece of candy. And I am not, I am not going to condemn you or tell you you're not safe. None of that. Look, I, I want to love people. I want people to love me. But I don't want my love to be at the expense of not preaching something for fear of, well, somebody will leave or somebody will get mad at me or somebody will. We ought not live our lives like that. We ought not. Pagan druids carved turnips into death masks and they carried them around. And as a Christian, I'm supposed to give my kid a carved pumpkin to carry around as they request for candy. Trick or treat. How about no? How about let's get serious about living as a Christian? How about let's get serious about giving our children a heart's desire for the things of the Lord rather than by the time that they're 18, they're so, so involved with all these things that they hardly have any time to really just sit and witness to anybody. Let's get Ephesians 5 and John 8. These pagan rituals, you know, the Bible says, learn not the way of the heathen. I mean, we could wrap the message up right there, but but we're not. All right, let's do John. John 8, 23 first. John 8 says, John 8, verse 23. And He said unto them, You are from beneath. I am from above. You are of this world. I am not of this world. Go to Ephesians chapter 5. Please flip to your Ephesians verse. Chapter number 5. The Bible says in verse 11, And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. There is nothing wrong with a preacher reproving someone. There's nothing wrong with a Christian reproving someone. It's biblical. We need to look at what the world's doing and it's okay to say, no thanks, no thanks. We have a life to live abundantly for Christ. And I want to be like Jesus. He says, I'm out of this world. Just because the world does it, it doesn't mean we need to do it. Truth about Halloween and its history and its heathen ways just simply aren't taught. One reason is because the preacher is afraid he will lose members. 
The Christian is afraid he'll lose friends. John the Baptist was a voice crying in the wilderness. And sometimes New Testament Bible-believing preachers feel like they're in the wilderness. <laughs> well, that was John's message. They went to him. He was out in the wilderness. And you hear the crickets, you know. That shouldn't stop us from changing a message if it is biblical. Our message should change when we get in God's Word and we see that we were wrong. <laughs> Went to Bible school for five years. I learned a lot of things I didn't know. <laughs> I'm a new preacher. I've learned over the last year a lot of things I didn't know. We can't just turn and accept them as fun and harmless. Now, I remember growing up as a kid. I celebrated Halloween. My parents weren't druids. My parents were not pagan people. It was cute to dress me up in a Batman outfit. And I'm Batman. And my mom probably still has the Batman cape. <laughs> I mean, it was fun. It was a day to have fun, dress up, go around, and get candy. My parents weren't secretly having seances and Ouija board stuff in their basement. They loved us. And they did what any good, caring, loving parent does. They try to do the best for their child based on what they know. They didn't know any of this stuff. I didn't know any of this stuff. I love my, I love my parents. I love them. And you know what's going to come in the mail in a couple of days? <laughs> I'm just telling you, the candy's going to come. And it's going to be melted if it's too hot, right? I mean, it's, it's every... We've been in Florida for five years. She's sending candy. And you know what we have the kid do? Call up Nana. Call up Pop-Up. Say, hey, thanks for the candy. Thanks for the candy. And you just love them. You just love them. You know what they want? They just want the kids to have some candy and know that Nana and Pop-Up were thinking of them. I mean, isn't that a blessing? Isn't that a blessing? It is. It is. You be thankful. You don't say, well, your grandmother's a pagan. That's, what you, what you, that's ridiculous. It's not what we're talking about this morning. We're not talking about people that have their children go around for trick-or-treating are pagans. That is not what we're talking about. We're talking about, let's get some meat from the Bible, rethink what this history is about, rethink what the Bible says, and how can we, as individual Christians, go before God and say, God, what would you have me do now with my family? Lord, what would you have me do now? And you say, well, what's wrong with a cute kid in a pumpkin outfit? And they are. They are cute kids. Puffed up pumpkins. And... But at 12 and 13, now there's a Halloween dance. And the kids put some masks on and they're not really who they are that night. And then as they become young adults in high school and in college, now there's a Halloween party. And you dress up and you're not really who you really are. Sometimes church in America on Sunday feels like every Sunday is a Halloween. People wear masks. God doesn't want us to do that. And that's the deception. It's the same deception if we look at in Genesis 3. What's the Bible say? Yea, hath God said? What's the big deal? It's a piece of fruit. What's the big deal? Yea, hath God? I mean, come on. Did God really say? 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 14, And no marvel, for Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. Let's get 1 Thessalonians and 3 John, please. 1 Thessalonians. Chapter 5 in the book of 3 John. There has always and there will always be deception to make evil look fun. It's not going to go away. Now, when I say that, I don't mean go and knock on your neighbor's door and tell them that they're a pagan druid. <laughs> it 
That is not the message. Because they're going to think you're nuts. And I'm going to, if they call here, I'm going to say, yeah, that, I, didn't, I didn't preach that. Don't. That's not what I'm saying. But what I am saying is there's always the appeal to take evil and mask it, make it look like fun. And then we get deeper and deeper and deeper into it and further and further away from God. So that's why the Bible says in 1 Thessalonians chapter number 5, look at verse 21. Prove all things. That's what we're trying to do. Hold fast that which is good. Honestly, before God, that's what I'm trying to help me do and you do. Hold fast to good things. Abstain from all appearance of evil. Try to teach my kids, and I'm sure you try to have taught your kids. If you're not sure, abstain. Dad, I don't know if this is right or wrong. Just abstain and let's talk about it afterwards. Don't do it. If you think it might appear to be evil, if you think something might be off or something might be wrong, just abstain. Hold off. Hold off. Get with your mom. Get with your dad. Right? That's what we tell kids. Get with a school teacher. Get with Sunday school teacher. Get with a preacher. Get youth. Right? And then get some more help or counsel. Right? But it's best to just abstain if you're not sure. And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. And look what it says. And I pray God your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless under the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. God will give us peace in our heart. I don't have to find peace anywhere else. Now turn over to the third John. Verse number 11 says, Beloved, follow not that which is evil. Well, you said learn not the way of the heathen, and that's Old Testament. And we're not in the Old Testament anymore. And, and that's not why we do it anyway. Well, God didn't say learn not the why of the heathen and try to come up with ways why you do things that don't line up with God's word so you can get a pass. He says, learn not the way. Is it a heathen way? Well, that's the Old Testament. Okay, the New Testament says, beloved, follow not that which is evil. Is it evil? Is it a pagan festival? But that which is good. He that doeth good is of God, but he that doeth evil hath not seen God. I don't want to be described like that. Can't we just dress up as good witches and, and, and good goblins? Well, no, because there's no such thing. <laughs> it's the white witch. It's the good witch. How about no? Let's just cleave onto that which is good. Now imagine for a minute, none of us in this room, and those that have kids or grandkids, none of our kids or our grandkids, imagine for a minute, even heard of or knew of Halloween. Okay, so get that picture in your mind. You walk out on Wednesday. What would you think? This is eerie. This is about death. Mom, this is dark. What's going on? Put yourself in a place where you're not an American Christian. And you just walk into this. You've got to admit, when you look at it from that perspective, that's strange to see. First Timothy, uh, let's get First Timothy 1 and First John 4. We're going to look at three more things and three more points, and then we will wrap up. A great deal of effort goes into scaring people and putting fear in their hearts. Halloween celebrates fear. The Bible says in 1 John 4, Fear hath torment in Romans 8, for ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. God has not given us the spirit of fear. Look at 2 Timothy chapter 1 first, please. Verse number 7 in 2 Timothy chapter 1. 
For God hath not given us the spirit of fear. We don't celebrate fear. We have no spirit of fear. But of power and of love and of a sound mind. It'd be great to walk, wake up October 31st and say, thank you, God. I have a sound mind. I can think. Be not thou therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me as prisoner, but be thou partaker of the affliction of the gospel according to the power of God. Now Paul went through some horrible affliction and persecution, right? We all know that. Do you think you not celebrating Halloween and your neighbor or family member or your friend or co-worker saying, what are you, some type of weirdo? You really think that compares to the afflictions that Paul went through? No. And it doesn't bother me one bit. Somebody makes fun of me. Now, if someone has something that I need to look at in the Bible, now that I want to look. I want to see. But I'm talking about a, a teeny weeny weeny bit of people maybe scoffing at you doesn't compare to anything that Paul went through. <laughs> All right, Christians have perfect love. Look at First John now. When I first started learning some of this stuff about the holidays and living for God and all that, it's easier to get bitter at people that don't see it like you see it. You ever see something in the Bible and you're so excited about it, you're just on fire and you want to go for it and live it and you just... I did that a lot. You get saved out of a Roman Catholic church, the next thing you know, man, you come out full guns a-blazing. Probably not the best approach. <laughs> Have you done stuff like that? So I'm not saying give up Halloween and then burn down all the neighborhood decorations. Now, I did have a friend, Eddie Fitz. Now, Eddie Fitz, what he would do was, my wife can attest to this, Halloween, he would steal our neighbor's Halloween decorations and put them in our yard. (laughs) Guess who was knocking on our door? I said, no, man, I, it wasn't us. It was my friend. I'm telling you, it was him. And I'd be calling Eddie Fitz up. What are you doing? He's out trick-or-treating. It was all hollows even. <laughs> it, okay, you can't lose your brain and get wacko if you decide not to celebrate Halloween. All right? But 1 John 4 says, in verse number 18, there is no fear... In love. But perfect love casteth out fear, because fear hath torment. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. Our job isn't to live in fear. Our job is not to go out and make people fear. We're to have love, and love casteth out fear. You know, sometimes we all know, and sometimes guys at least, like to gravitate to, yeah, tough love's biblical, man. And there's a time for it, right? But how about gentle love, too? How about us just loving somebody enough to just give them some space to breathe? (laughs) Okay, they don't see it like you do. They don't see it like I do. How about just loving them? Just loving them and not trying to twist their arm into seeing it exactly the way you see it or I see it? But Halloween does celebrate fear. Uh, Second thing I wanted to look at, Halloween celebrates darkness. Go to Luke chapter 23, please. Why the interest with the dark? I thought kids are scared of the dark. John chapter, uh, Luke chapter 23, I want you to get. um, I'm going to read something real simple. For God, uh, for God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. He that believeth on Him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already. Why? Because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And this is the condemnation, that light is coming to the world, and men love darkness rather than light, because their e- deeds were evil. People do sin in the dark. When's the dance hall open up? Not one in the afternoon. It's opened up in the dark at the night. When does the bar open up? Well, now these college kids, they just drink all day. I don't get it. Night, nighttime. Everything's hidden. Everything's secret. Everything's in the dark. 
the light of Jesus Christ gets shined. We shouldn't love the things of the dark. But men do love darkness rather than light. Would you like some good news of Jesus Christ? No. Just a little bit of light. A little bit of light. People hide their sin in the dark. But Halloween, we're not talking about a lights out. We're not talking about a scary movie. We're not talking about a nightmare. Not a physical thing. I want you to think about the spiritual darkness that people are in. Is why witchcraft and devil stuff, they call it, you know what they call it, right? The dark arts. Because men just love the darkness. First John 1 says, Then this is the message which we have heard of him and declare unto you that God is light and in him there is no darkness at all. Here's what God did for you in the dark. Luke chapter 23. So he did for you, so he did for me. Luke chapter 23, praise His name. Verse number 44. And it was about the sixth hour, and there was a darkness over all the earth until the ninth hour. And the sun was darkened, and the veil of the temple was rent in the midst. And when Jesus had cried with a loud voice, He said, Father, into Thy hands I commend My spirit. And having said thus, he gave up the ghost. Like that. Not a one of us can say right now, just give up our ghost and go to heaven. But God Almighty did. The lights went out. He did something in darkness for us so that we don't have to be in darkness anymore. Come into the light. Look at verse number 47. Now, when the centurion saw what was done, he glorified God, saying, certainly this was a righteous man, righteous dying for the unrighteous. Us living in a dark world, spiritually dead to sin, and God going in the dark and taking care of it on the cross. Why don't people want to live for him? Why? Why are we so attracted to that which is dark? To that which is of the world? To that which is might cause people to back away from us? Oh, what are you doing? No, what are you doing? That's what God did for all mankind. The lights were turned out and God the Father poured out His wrath upon us. And as He drank the cup of your sin. He drank your darkness. He drank your vile. He drank everything just wicked about you in the dark so that we can come into the glorious light. I've got something so much better than trick or treat, smell my feet, give me something good to eat. And so do you. Something so much better. Lastly, Halloween celebrates death. Let's get Philippians 2 and Hebrews 2. The sincere Christian asks, what do you think happens when you die? Or where do you think you're going to go when you die? To a lost person. Because they really want them to get to the heart of the matter and think about these eternal matters. Halloween makes light of death. It celebrates death with skulls and gravestones and skeletons. and The grave awaits every one of us. We're going to be in a hearst, in a casket, with our family graveside, our body. There will not ever be one soul in a casket. <laughs> there won't be one soul in a hearst. It will be our body. That's it. Our lifeless body. Our soul is going to one of two places. Heaven or hell. That is why we do what we do. I don't want to make light of death because it's not a matter to take lightly. Philippians chapter 2, verse number 5. Let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus, who, being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, 
but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Wherefore, God also hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. That is why we live for Him. And in Ephesians chapter 2, look at this. Hebrews chapter 2, verse number 14, for as much. Verse number 14 in Hebrews 2. For as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also himself took part of the same that through death he might destroy him that had the power of death. That is the devil. I don't want to make light of death. Halloween celebrates death. But I got a Savior. You have a Savior. Or if you're not saved, you can have a Savior today that defeated death. And deliver them who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. Ask a guy on the gospel track. No, I'm good. I said, well, the Bible says there's none that do it good. No, I'm good, buddy. I read the Bible every day, buddy. He's in bondage. Now I can smack talk back to them and get them all riled up more. Or you just silently pray for them and you just pray that he turns back around and maybe another a gospel witness they'll take a tract from. People are in bondage to sin and death. We have a Savior that can set them free from death. We shouldn't make light of that. That's a big deal. All right. So the truth about Halloween, we're going to finish two verses and then I'll be done. Let's get Colossians 1 and Romans 12. It's rooted in celebrating the devil's power over death. As Christians, we celebrate Christ Jesus, the Lord's power over death. We're going to get Romans 12, please. And Colossians chapter number 1. He gave His life for us so that we can have eternal life and be spared from a life of eternal torment in hell. That's what Jesus Christ offers. Life, not death. Colossians chapter 1, we'll start reading at verse number 12. Giving thanks unto the Father which hath made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. You want a big inheritance? You're not saved? Get in on what Jesus did for you. Verse 13, who hath delivered us from the power of darkness. If you're not saved, that's the power that you're under. The power of darkness. God wants you to be translated. Look at that, a translation that's better than before. You know, you get translated from darkness into light, you're better off. <laughs> you are. You're better off. Right now, you're in darkness, those that are lost. And just like that, they can be translated into the kingdom of His dear Son right into the light. We can't make light of that. You see someone that's lost, they need to be translated from that power of darkness. Verse 14, in whom we have redemption, even the forgiveness of sins. Oh, wait a minute. It doesn't say that, does it? It says, in whom we have redemption through His blood. Because without the shedding of blood, there would have been no remission. He had to have shed his blood for forgiveness of sins. And that's why the Bible says, in whom we have redemption through his blood. Who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature, for by him are all things created that are in heaven, that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions, or principalities or powers, all things were created by him and for him. And He is before all things, and by Him all things consist. That's the God that 
saved us. That's the God who can translate you if you're not saved from the power of darkness to the power of light. That's the God who can give you the greatest inheritance that grandma could never leave you or I. Because <laughs> it ain't money. It's something so much sweeter. Lastly, Romans 12, and then I'm done. Romans chapter number 12. I want to appeal to you as a Christian. I trust most here are saved. So my last appeal this morning is to you and I. The Bible says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice. Would you live for God? Would you just sacrifice all you have for God? Whether it's with your spouse, whether it's at your job, whether it's with your friends, whether it's with your neighbors, whether it's with your church family, will you just present your body as a living sacrifice for God? Holy, please, please. God wants us all to live a holy life. He has something so much better. Acceptable unto God. And then he says, which is your reasonable service. It's not much for God to do all that he has done. And then he just says, you know what? This is just reasonable. I'm not asking you to do much. Just have a desire to live for me. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. I pray this message gives you something to chew on to further help you and I not be conformed to this world. Well, that is good and acceptable in the perfect will of God. Scroll down to verse number 9 and I'll end with this. Let love be without dissimulation. And I want to end with the last part of verse 9. Abhor that which is evil. Cleave to that which is good. Let's bow our heads. Heavenly Father, we're thankful You've given us a Holy Bible. Lord, I pray that the message came across understandable. I know it's a hard topic to preach on, Lord, for many different reasons. I pray I told the truth. I pray I told the truth in the right way. I pray that your saints were edified. Lord, I pray we have a good spirit this week because we have your Holy Spirit dwell within us. Help us please to get your word out, especially this Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, in a good way, with a good attitude. In Christ's name we do pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks a bunch for listening. For more information about Pilgrim Baptist Church, be sure to visit us online at pilgrimbaptist.church, where you can also send me a personal message or learn more about joining us for a church service. And remember, Christ is all.